Hi, welcome back to Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super awesome podcast show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, interviews all his super awesome artist friends. So this week I'm in Miami, Florida. It's Miami Art Basel time and I'm here to paint some murals for some events but also to see other people's arts and some friends, including my guest today, Stella Stritsouska. I probably got her name wrong, but uh, she's an old friend that I met out here at different basils throughout the years. Uh, she's a very beautiful person and artist that expresses in a very psychedelic manner. So I hope you enjoy our conversation together. Woo! Thank you for having me, or thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Thank you for having me, but I'm, you're the guys who are having me over. Uh, we're in your beautiful home here in Miami, Florida. What's this uh, neighborhood uh, Cutler Bay. Cutler Bay? Cutler Bay. We're near the water. Um, pretty. It's like south of Miami, right before you get to Homestead, which is right before the Keys. It's super beautiful. Everybody who lives around here lives in paradise with palm trees and flowers and sun every single day. Yeah, it's chilling. It's Did good. you grow up here? Yeah, I grew up, well, most of the time, like a few streets down. And then other than that, in Miami, just a little bit north of here, but not far. Yeah, mm -hmm. All in this area. And whenever you go anywhere outside of here, you think that everything sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, after I traveled a bit, I was like, damn, Miami's pretty nice. Like the weather is just... That's my style, so it's just the right amount of humid, just the right amount of sun, it's good. Because yeah. you like the humidity. Yeah, I like Other the, people might disagree yeah, with I the know, humid. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just, the dry is just, doesn't mix with me. Yeah, that's nice. Well, I, I really like coming to Florida. I've come a million times ever since I was a kid. And uh, now that I'm homeless, I, you know, this is one of the possibilities for yeah. me to look for a place to, to stay, so. It's paradise here. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. And uh, how is it living in Miami, like as an artist? Um, you know, saying like, how is the Miami art scene? And there's definitely stuff happening. Um, it's really like you kind of get like used to Art Basel after a while, and you're just like, everybody makes a big deal out of it. Some years you're just like. I don't even care about Art Basel this year. <laughs> you need breaks because yeah. it's just too much energy. It's just like, it keeps coming, you know? Right. It's like, it's going to be here next year. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, no, it's super inspiring. I watched Winwood like start, you know, it's like, so it's been like, it's been a cool age that I was like, because Winwood was not happening when I was like, maybe in like middle high school started. So mm -hmm. it's just been like really inspiring. Um, and then having like community within Wynwood and that whole scene has been, it's been good. It's been inspiring and a lot of things happening, but um, I'm still find myself in my studio a lot. You know? Just right. kind of like hermiting it up. But it, it must, must be like every time Basil comes, you only gotta 
do a short drive oh, yeah. to see all the art fairs, the best artists running down on the streets, a million opportunities. Seems like being an artist in, in Miami, at least, must be a big advantage because the whole art world comes here to do a flex and to, yeah. you know, so many opportunities. Yeah, and I think I'm just totally spoiled and haven't even realized, like, until I get out of Miami, I realize, like, it's, it's great. And it's, like, every year, like, when I do get to go out and go to the shows, it's amazing. It's awesome. So mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Nice. But you're, like, I'd say, like, the art that's, mostly uh, popular here would be contemporary or even yeah. street art, not so much visionary art, yeah. right? Like, and yeah. would you consider yourself a visionary artist or a spiritual artist? Yeah, I would say I definitely fall into that category. And I also like to often contemplate what visionary art means, just so we don't always have to be painting like sacred geometry or, you know, the same things, because I think also visionary art is up to the, the viewer as well. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, I paint a lot of things that have to do with energy and spiritual experiences and visions and stuff like that, which definitely. And then like Amanda Sage being one of my painting teachers, it's like that lineage of visionary art, painting with light and the layers and all that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's there's definitely I mean, like Alex Gray and Amanda have shown at Scope and uh there's been visionary artists and like I feel like Rainier Gamboa is like this kind of like he's that this style nice too. medium between like worlds you know and mm -hmm. like he's so visionary art but it's right. not like textbook visionary art like right. but for me it's like the term visionary art gets tricky because we throw it and then we can like our brain can associate it with the stereotypical as you said, sacred geometry and, and stuff like that, chakra kind of things. But really, there's like a million interpretation you can go about it. You got the jungle Peruvian no. shamanic styles. You got the, you know, the street art interdimensional monster style that I lean yeah. more towards. There's, you know, full on psychedelia madness, but there's also just, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, uh, uh, further collective style. This is exploding galaxies. Yeah, style. yeah. And then there's the blotter art stuff. And yeah, there's like, a, there's a wide variety. So yeah, I definitely fit into the visionary art. Is scene. there much of a visionary art scene here other than when those people from out of town come around? Yeah, I guess uh, we have Moksha Family Arts Collective, which that's how I met you. Um, Shout out to Rayo Raka. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that has been like the hub for visionary art. So that's been... They've been bringing that scene yeah. here for over a decade, right? Yeah. So that's been like the roots of the visionary art scene here. Um, and then amongst that, other than that, there's been a lot of like the burner community and like the Burning Man um, communities that have been building up here as well. And that's been more recent, but... Um, they got the love burn here. Yeah, yeah, which, which is great. I had a great time. At what love is burn. the love burn? Love burn is like, I guess it's it's at Virginia Key, where the art with me was. Um, and it's, so it's on the water, and it's like a recreation of Burning Man, you know, with all these different, like, in art cars and weird stuff and they burn stuff and then you know I guess there's like different camps and then there's a lot of bartering do people so. camp there yeah okay yeah and is everything for free maybe not yeah. the entrance but not the entrance but everything else is for free there's so no it's... vending it's just like yeah so it's the same thing and I did it I I Moksha 
had a gallery and the whole moksha experience there in 2017. Okay. And that was awesome. It was great. I had the moksha experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, it was cool to see Ray this weekend at, uh, at the Art With Me Festival there at the Virginia yeah. Keys. Yeah. Yeah, we got to dance to Cultura Profetica. Yeah. And that's just when I just bumped into Amanda. And uh, yeah, it was a good time yeah. to see the old schoolers yeah. out there. Yeah, that I would say Moksha has been foundational for just bringing together visionary community in the city. So that is probably, that's in my experience, that's the roots. And that's how I met Rainier Gamboa. That's how I met you, Alex Nallison. And which Mark which Henson. which year did we meet? 2015. 2015, yeah. when it was in Wynwood. Yeah, yeah Art and, I and I painted that mural outside. Huh? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. a gun. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, like the love gun. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a great one. I think even John Salter came out or and painted at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tech. Yeah. So big ups to Ray and the Moksha family for bringing visionary arts to yeah. Miami. But there's not too many locals doing it, then, huh? Um, we do have like I guess we have more mu- local musicians than we do visual artists. Mm-hmm. Um. And in Florida in general, like you got Halloween Festival and Okeechobee, which are which big, has been good. big festivals that yeah. promote psychedelic mm-hmm. culture. And um, at Live Oak, Florida, where they do Halloween, they also have other festivals there, mm-hmm. which have been like, it's a huge community of... Tipper and Friends. Yeah, Tipper and Friends. Wani, which has had like uh, all sorts, like every, what's it called? Um, Leonard Skinner and all those people, but um, okay, some more classic rock stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the Almond Brothers and uh, I'd like that festival. Phil from the Grateful Dead, Phil and Friends, that was the best. So uh-huh. yeah, it's definitely like there's 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 heads out there too. Nice. Yeah. Well, have you convinced me? I'm moving to Florida. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll start having tropical art parties. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Does it ever not not nice weather here? Oh, uh, just when it's raining. Uh huh. Which could be like during the summer, you know, it's like a couple hours out of the day. But the thing about here is that it'll rain and you could be, it could be storming here. And I could like call someone like a few blocks over and it's like sunshine. So you're like, it'll, the sun will come out shortly. <laughs> mm, nice. Yeah. Well, the year that we met, uh, 2015, you came to that show that we're exhibiting. I remember you telling me like, oh, I'm student of Cariamba Day. And I was aware from her from a previous uh, Moksha uh, gallery. Okay. She was, I think she was exhibiting with mm-hmm. us. Uh, tell me a little bit about being her, her student. She, what was this, like college or school? College, or? yeah. Um, I met her 2013, so two years before I met you, um, at Florida State University. Um, I just met her at her solo show. We like bonded and we hung out. And then I got into the Bachelor of Fine Arts program and... She kind of took me under her wing. I was like hanging on by a thread in school. So I was like wild and crazy. And she just like, she saw me and she saw my art and she like connected with me and she like, she helped me out. She helped me get through a lot of hard things. And then she, I took a couple classes with her and she introduced me to the Mish technique, okay. which um, that was the beginning. And then she brought Amanda to Tallahassee. And I got to meet Amanda Sage and then I went and did a workshop with Amanda after I graduated and continued the Mish technique. And then I kind of gotten stuck into it and I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then after that, Carrie's like been, 
we been we still hang out every year. So she's your friend, but she's, she's also like my your, best your mentor. Yeah. She's a little bit older than you. Yeah, she is. She's like a teacher. Yeah, adult. yeah she's a teacher. And she lives in Tallahassee. She lives in Tallahassee. Where is Tallahassee? Tallahassee is North Florida. Okay. So it's very close to where they do hallowing. Okay. It's like an hour away. But you were studying. Under so her I studied under her and then up went there up there okay and then I graduated and then I just kept hanging out with her kept going up there she kept coming down here we've been to tipper friends together and yeah <laughs> nice. what's she, what she up to these days she's, she's such a great painter yeah and she's visionary art but more on the tip of like lowbrow yeah right? like a little bit darker yeah and like vibes. maybe contemporary or what's it surreal uh contemporary surrealism or something like that i don't know i don't Forget know the, the titles <laughs> or boxes or but yeah in sometimes. she does have a surrealist uh thing to her but also in my opinion it could be it's very visionary you know mm -hmm. so that's where like because it's psychedelic and uh surreal yeah and then if you talk to her about the paintings you're like wow like she's she's got a lot of downloads and a lot of stuff behind it and the more you learn from her and talk to her the more it's like all these stories come together and you're like wow so yeah she um she she uh studied in italy for materials and techniques so she specializes in like certain materials and techniques and um i think her ex-husband was like an art restoration guy so she has a lot of knowledge on like like layers of oil paint and how it all comes together and the, the technical stuff. So that was really cool mm -hmm. to get to learn from her. And then I did a workshop with her and Amanda. I don't know if you know that they did one together. Okay. Um, where we did Amanda's technique and her technique. So that one up there, that's her technique carries okay. and versus Amanda's. So Which is the difference between whites, you told me? Yeah, the difference between like using lead white versus casein, some art nerd stuff. But um but important for those who do the mish technique. Yeah, and then she also she composes her images through like collaging, mm -hmm. which is like her art practice, you know. So she does something on the computer first and then uses that as a relation really as a reference. She's really more she's I I would rather do it that way. Um but she's more into like gathering. She just collects lots of like magazines and books and all sorts of things and then she cuts out. Like you go into her studio and it's like all uh, over the place. Proper collage. Yeah, yeah. Like so old school she, scissors and glue collage. Yeah, and she'll put like pieces and then like they'll like eventually end up together. She just like sorting out all of the stuff. And you know, it's definitely like her domain and her style. It's not really uh it's not something that I am drawn to immediately to express myself. I'm really like a doodler and a drawer. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I don't have a hard time with that. Um, but yeah, so she was like, she's just been foundational in learning about the art business, learning about like all, everything, the whole thing coming together. So it's been like a blessing to have someone nice. to look out for me. It's like so great to have mentors and teachers and people ahead on the path to put us you know forward along with them yeah 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 I really got lucky I was like a, a bit lost so the timing was miraculous all right well we were we, we were already hanging out quite a bit today we're having conversations so I hope I'm not repeating You're my good. questions too much but tell me a little bit about your journey um 
You were telling me that you used to drink beer. You don't do that anymore, apparently. Oh, no. <laughs> no I mean, never. <laughs> you used to be a, a wild rager yes. and psychedelics saved your life. Or yeah. at least adjusted and put you back onto a, a more righteous path. Tell yeah. me a little about that. Um, I guess let's go back. Um, yeah, I was uh, going through a lot of trauma in high school and just completely lost control of my life and everything was just spiraling out of control. Every other day was like a huge mistake and just constant, I had an alcohol problem. Like, And then I also was on ADD medication since I was younger and that kind of like turned into an addiction. So simultaneously I was abusing like alcohol and drugs and then... What's an ADD uh, like, medication? Like Adderall or Vyvanse, um, they're like, methamphetamines so they mm -hmm. get you like they a lot should, of kids do that they shouldn't days, be right? giving it to kids and right. it was like if you have addictive tendencies and stuff like it gets you like hyped up so oh, if you start you. taking more of it like you're like you know it's just like it's just it was a slippery slope um seems like the opposite of what somebody with ADD would need, right? Because yeah. the ADD person is like, <laughs> like hey, hey, hey. it's like, oh, have this thing that's going to like you make you even more energetic. Honestly, yeah. I mean, but I was considered ADD, not ADHD. So oh. I wasn't like hyper as much as I was like, like I was just like in my own world, not oh. paying attention. But honestly, the drugs just made me like, I'd be at school and I'd like take and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to create this project. I'm not going to listen in math class, you know, <laughs> get super into whatever project I was in. So that's why in, in college it was, it was really fun because I just, I kept like, I, I had more and more energy to keep creating and I was so excited about all these creations, but it was like burning me out. I was like, I can't. What's the negative effects of using those substances? Um, well, I. Sorry, my, my no, ignorance good. about it. I no, know. you're good. You're good. Um, I started having like stomach problems like it was like wearing my my organs it was mm. like and then i was having just just really that was the problem um i had is it depressive i heard some people take that yeah and it some people have right? yeah some people have weird reactions i did not have that i had like very like I'm gonna paint all night. <laughs> no, I want to do that. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I know some people in the festival scene. That's why I'm saying it. it's a slippery slope because you can have really high, like, exciting times, but then it's mm -hmm. like after a while, it's like you have to start creating those on your own. And mm -hmm. if you depend on this medication to get yourself going creatively, then like, are you really an artist? And that was like kind of mm. where I was like, am I gonna be like 50, like needing this drug to like keep making art? Like, right. What happened when you threw alcohol in that? So it was like, a, I, I'll give you an example. When it all stopped was uh, I had been on a, like a two-day binge up for two days. And then I went to a festival. And it was the Wani Festival uh, where the Almond Brothers were playing. And mm -hmm. I started drinking and something happened. I just started vomiting and I vomited for like 12 hours. And, uh, 12 hours of vomiting? I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. And I had been hospitalized before from this problem. So... That's why I say the stomach issue. I started developing like an issue. Is that possible? Yeah, I was like vomiting nothing, you know, and like I would try to drink water and it's just, and then it was like, okay, I'm gonna have to go to the hospital. And then I remembered this drug, Amitrol. So somebody ran and got me this from uh, whatever, Walmart. And within a few hours, I stopped. I was like, okay, I don't have to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh my God, I'm alive. So, that happened and yeah, I was still crazy. So a few hours later, I 
had an experience, a psychedelic experience, and I saw the Almond Brothers, and like God spoke to me and was like, "Never take that shit again. Don't take that that violence." What Stop do you mean it. you had a psychedelic experience? I, I took psychedelics after vomiting for <laughs> Which one? Yeah, um, LSD. And, uh, it but that was, wasn't your first time. No, no, no. Um, that was, I was deep in that. Like, I had, I had started taking psychedelics, but it took a while for them to save my life, you know? <laughs> I'd taken mm-hmm. them a, a good amount of times before that time. And that was when God was like, you're done. Stop taking it. Like, it's killing you. And then it was Is like, that enough to stop sometimes, knowing that you should stop? This time was the only time that something really told me, like, like it was something, it, I guess it was after vomiting for so long. Well, 12 hours of <laughs> vomiting sounds like you pretty much died. Yeah, it was, it felt like I had died and then I was being reborn. I was like, I went home and I was like, okay, I, I can't take that stuff anymore. And like, I was deeply addicted. So it was like hard to conceptualize, but like something changed. Like, I was like, I'm not taking it. Simultaneously, somebody came by and was like, hey, you want these mushrooms? And I was like, yeah. So I took mushrooms, like a few trips by myself while I stopped taking that other stuff. And then I was like, yoga, that's your new pill. That's your pill. Like, so I started, you know, the way I would wake up and take my pill, I started waking up and just doing a class every day. And like, it was like this way for me to like, kind of take the reins of my body and my mind and my focus. And, um, I just didn't look back. I never took it again. Mm. And I just kept... I started with like... What was it? Uh, the, the weird one, Kundalini Yoga. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Heart <laughs> Yeah, I was like into it because I liked how it like kind of like altered my consciousness or altered my mind state. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that one gets me high, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then eventually I was just like, I want to get strong. So I started like doing more like vinyasa interval workouts and stuff like that. But I kept like it as like this thing that was like, this is like my, my harness to the ground and like my harness to myself and my, my, you know, cause I was having these spiritual experiences. It's like how, like, you know, I met God and it was like, okay, I'm going to still be an addict. Like it's not really adding up. So mm-hmm. sometimes you really need those really hard traumatic experience to slap you back into like vomit your brains out reality (laughs) yeah get you back onto the the positive side yeah so tell me a little bit more about um acid because you seem to really like acid or at least that's what your art expresses to me very clearly yeah um tell me what you've learned in that space well what for somebody who has not done it what what does it do to you well um (laughs) well for me it was definitely like like uh, I first experienced what meditation was and I had never understood it. It was like, I just thought it was somebody just sitting and breathing, but like I had, um, like, I'll give you an example. One of my experiences where I just kept breathing away tension and like, I guess it, like it it could be abrasive. LSD could like make you feel all these like, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've gone through it with other psychedelics, but, Mm -hmm. um, I kept breathing away tension until there was no tension left and all of a sudden I entered silence and I had never heard silence before. I was like, and then I was like, oh my God, this is what meditation was. And it like changed my whole world. And um, then a light came out of the sky and came down to me. It was like, are you ready to be part of the light? And I was like, mm. fuck yeah. Mm. And there was like angels and Buddhas dancing in the clouds, right? And uh, 
then I grew up and I realized I like painted that light and there's like a Buddha, I can't see it on the camera, Buddha mm -hmm. and the angel there. So it's kind of like this, it's just, it's been a process. But yeah, so I, I met God, I understood what energy, like that we have, a, there's a malleability to energy in our reality, through our attention, our focus and all that. Um, and physical stuff helped me with like a lot of physical stuff, helped me with like layers of like perception of like how I look and how I feel, all these things that like, it just changed my life got rid of that but also I had a lot of like orgasmic uh, sexual experiences as well which have been like a big theme in my art mm -hmm. um, expressing that um, and with my partner and like all the journeys we've had but also like weird like third eye orgasms I don't know if you've ever had that no, not really, because uh, I'm born with an ayahuasca dude, and when you're doing ayahuasca, you're just in the darkness with yourself. I don't think I would go up to my partner and, you know, vomit in her face or try to, you know, get in her, they're in their process. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And... I still haven't done ayahuasca, so that's mm -hmm. where, like, you know, I, I um, we have different perceptions of right that. well that's why i ask you i'm not a big acid person yeah i've only done like three times very selectively oh, okay. and even that was a little bit uh, not my vibration so it could much. be edgy it could be a little bit like it made me feel uncomfortable sometimes. as much as it was trippy and fun then other points i felt uncomfortable in my body and it kind of yeah. like kept on going for days after and yeah. um yeah i just got schizophrenia in my family so i'm mm. like a little bit like careful how much i uh push my boundaries yeah and then like people that might be on the spectrum of bipolar i've done like research like lsd is just not like can it's you know it could be problematic for people that could be on you know spectral psychological issues um like i read that mushrooms are the safest then ayahuasca and then like lsd mm -hmm. but um yeah. What would what would you say? Because sometimes people like poo poo acid because it's chemical, but oh, other no. other people say that they meet God and they have huge spiritual uh, shifts and upgrades. How do you see acid, which is a man created substance, as a medicine from God itself? Well, first of all, it's from ergotamine, which grows on rye, so it is mold based. Mm -hmm. uh, it was toyed with in a lab to take out the toxic I'm not don't quote me on everything but it 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 does originate from a source that um, and it's in Alex Gray's painting with Albert Hoffman mm -hmm. it has like the ergotamine in the fields of the wheat right so you know uh, it does come from that but um also I mean we're all God and God works through humans I mean I mean and I just think it's it's really magical in the way that it's like you get this much and it's gonna give you like oh, a sure. lot and it's like locked into this paper I think it's the Western world's medicine because it's I mean you could say technically DMT smoking DMT is the Western world because it's the businessman trip through in and out <laughs> but um but yeah LSD I think is um, I think it could be meant for the Western world mm -hmm. um, it definitely did create a revolution in the West that got people to touch with a spirituality that was closer to what was happening in the East. Yeah, and then sometimes it's like, you know, you got a lot of people in the Western world trying to just do uh, 
and I, this is just a thought, um, just you know, trying to re maybe reappropriate other cultures when maybe they don't realize that LSD could be their culture. It's, it's like homegrown. It's like, you know, it's, we're not, uh, it's not from, what's, he was in Switzerland? Mm -hmm. But uh, it is like, it is like the... It's something modern at yeah, least. Yeah, it's the Western world's medicine in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, Beautiful. Yeah, it coincides with the Grateful Dead, and that's a big part of my life as well. You're so, a deadhead. Yes, yes. Tell so, me about that. Um, well, I've been learning dead songs, so I guess for like I had a, a best friend in elementary school, and like her family were like hippies, and I was just like, every, I was my favorite house to go to. I was just like so happy. I was like, why can't my parents be like this? <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, like he had been teaching us songs, Grateful Dead songs, and then I grew up and I met my partner and we started tripping and listening to the dead and it was like life-changing. Like it was a big part of my life. It's everything. So then I realized, oh my God, I knew these songs. And then my name's Stella and there's a song, Stella Blue. So it's just, oh, yeah? And then my collector is a big deadhead. And it seems like the people that like my art are deadheads and it's, coincides with all my experience uh, and it's kind of like we're just tapping into the same channel right. well there's a resonance obviously yeah yeah and another funny story is like when i was a kid my mom told me about lsd and she was like this paper that has cartoon characters that make you see things that aren't there and i was just like she was like it's very scary i was like huh? sounds great <laughs> and then I like made this painting of all these cartoon characters that got turned into blotter art and I like manifested that paper uh -huh. without even trying and I was like it's like kind of just like it is what it is type shit you know? yeah yeah beautiful yeah. I love I love the as much as I'm not an acid person myself maybe I'm too sensitive for that or maybe I haven't tried the right stuff Those with the right people in the right sense place setting. once again going back to like being an ayahuasca dude Everything is there. The set and setting is very specific. The yeah. dosages are very careful. I think that I guess the danger of acid is that you could get puddled at a festival and, and fucking lose your mind. Because Take your clothes kids off just... and be running on stage and do crazy shit. Right. So it, there's that fine tuning and, and carefulness and um, sometimes respect we should give to these portals sometimes is uh, a little bit less present. In yeah. that culture, since it's just like, okay, let's cross the country in a bus and give it to everybody. You know, we're figuring <laughs> it out as we go. Yeah, it's, kind of it's not as established culturally, I think, as ayahuasca. Obviously, there's like tr like generations and generations of culture, you know, built around it. So it's still new. And like, we've had a government that's just totally shut it down in the whole research of it and like the potential and like all of, like, there's so much potential, I feel like, for healing. Um, for me, it was depression, like suicidal thoughts, like all sorts of like darkness. And it was like, like when I saw that light come out of the sky, it was like, and I heard the silence. It was just like, there's a reason for all of this pain. So mm -hmm. it was So it's a, it's a meaningful huge. portal to yeah. oversoul or higher frequency yeah. uh, entities to communicate something positive to you. Totally. And I think if you had more of an established set and setting and like you like what I do is I usually treat like I, I do like a meditation before I set intentions. I like, you know, sage my house, sage myself. I like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I really invest my time into, you know, being very intentional with it myself. I treat it as if I was like had my own little ayahuasca center or whatever, you know, just yeah, I, you know, so 
just working it with it that way very intentionally and not doing it with random people and doing it in my own safe space really brings uh, my experience the best experience right because I guess when you open up that portal if you just leave it up to chance perhaps some more darker entities who come from uh, through to and communicate and you could be left open yeah 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 potentially definitely I've had some weird experiences <laughs> doing it the wrong way you know mm. not respectfully not respecting myself and the, the substance so it's definitely I think it needs to be treated with just as much care like ayahuasca does. We just don't have like that backbone of that, you know, mm. culture. Traditional foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alex Gray has <laughs> this story that we've heard a couple times about how he met his wife oh, when yeah. he did acid <laughs> the first time in his life. You got a similar story with your partner, right? Yeah. Um, weirdly. So, I met... Uh, I met him at a party. What's his name? Luis. Luis. Yeah, I met Luis at a party and I was young, like 21 or 20, I was 20, tripping at a party and he starts running at me and just hugging me, trying, telling me, smoke DMT, smoke DMT. I'm like, this weird guy at this party. I'm like, I don't know. Later on, I ended end up trying it with him and like, within instant like seconds like the guy the weird guy at the party turned into the most important person in my life and i was like is this what dmt does to you mm -hmm. and um four months later we started dating um okay it took that long yeah like i i mean i went home then and i was like i don't know what the hell that was <laughs> <laughs> i was like kept going about my life went back to school and then there was like a festival in north florida and i went and then like we tripped and i uh, we started dating ever since then um and within like six months, I had like another DMT trip that like I saw us as we are now and then time was passing and we were growing old together. And there was like these two angels praying over us and they were Alex and Allison. And I was like, what the? <laughs> and then he was vomiting the whole time. <laughs> It was just, I was like, this is amazing. But it was like this weird thing that happened early on that I just, I couldn't control. Alex Gray has shown up in a bunch of my DFT trips, like as an angel, like uh -huh. frequently. Nice. It's like, I don't, I'm like, I don't, not looking for this. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was kind of like an early on thing that showed me like that we're this thing. And then, yeah, it's been eight years and we're getting married next Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks. So yeah. eight years together, you're getting married in a week. You decided to have your marriage one week after Basel because you're crazy like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And you just bought this beautiful home. Yeah, things are good. So you're showered in blessings right yeah. now. Yeah, I finally have like my launch pad to create art and my business correctly because I've been like in a one bedroom apartment. Like I was like on the floor in my living room for four years. Mm -hmm. so. Um. How's the business going? It's good. It's been great. Um, I started last uh, January 2020, full-time art. I quit the restaurant. I had been working. Perfect time to, yeah. to dive right into art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was weird timing with the pandemic and everything. But um, luckily, like I had created a painting that kind of went viral uh, in 2018. And that really like set the stage for me to just spread my wings and fly. So like... Once I sold that painting and I got, I invested in prints, started my Shopify store and then 
I, I left the restaurant like within like a few months of that. So then it all just kind of like lined up. I prayed every day for like two years. I, w I worked at the restaurant and I hated it so bad. But every day I was like, I'm a full-time artist. I'm a full-time artist. After I do my like my yoga, mm -hmm. set my intentions, and like I would just like, kept saying, I like be like putting the salt, pepper, and shaker like every night, like doing the same thing at the restaurant, just being like, I'm a full-time artist. Mm. Something's gotta give. Nice. Yeah. So. Was, and now you're manifesting. Yeah. So yeah. how does your business work? You sell original paintings. You do some products. Yeah, so I'm still, you know, I'm still expanding and figuring it out. But uh, I luckily got, uh, I sold original paintings like pretty, that was like the first thing that started happening for me, which is when I started investing in the prints. And then I got like a pillow. It's like my first product that I did. Oh yeah, pillow is the first product? Yeah. That's not unusual. I guess. We'll start with t-shirts, but. Yeah, I know. That, I just started a t-shirt recently. So that, that came after the pillow. Um, but I guess the pillow is a nice hug thing to hug when you're uh, tripping. Yeah, <laughs> but you can hug the light Aww. from the trip that I was talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just started doing t-shirts and hoodies, just like a limited run. Um, I'm trying to figure out, like, still have to figure all that out. I've just been moving and getting settled. I really, uh, what's worked for me best this year was, um, and last year, I started doing like, watercolor paintings that took quicker than my other paintings and um, then I would print the watercolor paintings on archival watercolor paper which really looks like a watercolor painting so mm -hmm. then I add hand embellishments which is like another added charge and that's been doing really well I've sold out of a few of the limited edition runs and that's kind of like been the little engine and then uh, you know I'm right now I'm in the, in the midst of like I want to do like four big dense works in 2022. Mm. Like mm -hmm. ideally, we'll see. Go back to the mega painting. Yeah, I want to keep doing these like paintings that have so many details in every part that you like, you know, that you keep finding more stuff. And it's like, I don't know if it's like I'm abusing myself by, <laughs> but I just love it. I crave it. So I, I really want to go with what I crave. And what... I take turns like for years. Like this year's a mega painting year. This is a smaller. Okay. can this year because you can't just do mega paintings because no like few people can buy the big ones and more people want the small ones but you can't do small ones while doing the big ones so you kind of and then the big ones kind of like expand your audience like you get more followers or more like new new eyes on your work but then like you, you, you yeah like you say you go into the cycle of like the smaller works and yeah, but 2022, I really, I have a few paintings that I'm really, like, excited about to work on, so. Nice. Yeah. Like, what, what, what's the topics? <laughs> tell me, say, oh. I can paint them for you, dude. <laughs> you don't have to tell me if you want to. <laughs> well, um, just, you know, like, more cartoon, uh, but, like, cartoon, like, just having the, the funnest, craziest time mm -hmm. on the canvas. Oh, I love that So shit. I have a new cartoon piece that's going to be big, just more wild than ever yeah. and then you know other other topics that i'm i'm still figuring out but i like you know i like to do some controversial stuff but i also am just waiting for like you know the right the right idea at the right time mm -hmm. um, so let's let's go back to the topic of your current works um you do obviously psychedelic work and you got the cartoon vibe going in and then you got the sexual thing going yeah. in 
Uh, please tell me how they all tie in so nicely. What's happening in your head, Stella? <laughs> you seem to live a very fun life. <laughs> well, you know, I had this weird phenomenon where when I used to trip LSD, where I would have uh, SpongeBob visuals and SpongeBob shows up to your acid <laughs> trips. Right. Yeah, like you know, you're talking about the beings that communicate with you. <laughs> I was getting SpongeBob, like I couldn't help it, and it was like I guess SpongeBob was such a big part of my childhood, and cartoons were like a big part of my life um, that I was just like all my visuals were like turning into SpongeBob in all mm. sorts of different ways. So it was kind of like this mixture of like these, you know, and the clouds represent um, like they used to always tell me I was a space cadet in elementary school, middle school. My heads were in the clouds, and I was like all out there and stuff so it's kind of like me being like yeah i make money off of this shit <laughs> but not yeah. just that but it's also like me being like representing you know, your cloud world your heaven expressing where i'm at you know and expressing all these things so uh i feel like the the, the female depictions i do the sexual female depictions with the clouds and it's kind of like me expressing these feelings and these experiences and having fun getting to express these, you know, like mm -hmm. them getting to be seen, you know, because I've had right. so many of these crazy, delicious, amazing experiences that I'm like, you know, they're, they're how, starting to just come out. How do they you pass it on to others, right? Yeah. There's this like, you know, what's the fine line between something that's sexual and elegant and expressive and joyful and beautiful and celebrating uh, our sexual powers and crossing that line into something that becomes more raunchy and porno, yeah. you know, like how do you measure that yourself? Um, I, uh, I guess like it's just, I don't really like have to think about it because I have a fine eye. Like I, you know, sometimes I have been insulted by some people who like have looked at my art and call it porn art. But um, yeah, no, I feel like if I'm staying true to myself and I, consider myself a respectful person you know I, I get to express the female like pleasure and experiences and we need more art of that you know like it's mm -hmm. kind of been maybe the female orgasm has been suppressed or the you know female pleasure has been suppressed so it's like it's it's tastefully done. I don't know. I don't exactly have like a I think so. Yes or no kind of thing, but it's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, that sweet spot where I'm I feel like if somebody is looking at it, I'm not going to be so dis you know, I'm not going to be discomfort what's the word? Uh, uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> but uh, if it makes them feel uncomfortable, it's kind of on them. It's their own reflection. But well, the reason why I'm asking is cuz it does take some kind of like elegance to Express that aspect of yourself without uh, both uh, getting raunchy or, or dirty and also milking the sexual side of things because sex sells, you yeah. know, like you put like, you know, like painting a hot check in a sexual thing, you know, totally. it will sell, but that's not your intention as I, as I know. Same with me, like sometimes I want to express a little bit of my sexuality and like, you know, throw some boobs in the mix or some dicks <laughs> and shit. And I'm like, oh, am I like, you know, dirtying my art like as a man yeah. you know we're quote-unquote more um i don't know perverted perhaps or that's the perception of us so i gotta be extra careful 
to not throw a bunch of dicks in my paintings because I want to offend anyone and shove it in their faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it, it. I guess it's coming from a genuine place, mm-hmm. so it, it resonates, and I, you know, I. I'll keep that in. I keep that in mind, but it's also kind of just like, I just, just fuck it. I need to make this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Thank you for being you and expressing yourself honestly and yes. fully. Yes. So you're part of a, a, a street gang called the Visionary Muses. Oh yeah. yeah. We've had a couple of them on this show. Oh cool. Uh, including Spiro, who yeah. you painted for that project. Uh, tell me a little bit about that experience. Um, so Visionary Muses, uh, it all started actually at your ayahuasca retreat. Um, Elisa was the one that like had the idea and I had recently done a workshop with Elisa and Domi Moon in with the Grace, mm-hmm. like the year before. So I guess she went on to that workshop, met uh, Spiro and Ariani, and then they all kind of like came up with this idea together to get a group of us painting each other mm-hmm. and then they reached out to us I was like I'm on board and we just started the first round it was 11 people and then uh, we all painted each other it was really cool was who painted you Emily Kell which oh, was wow. awesome You're yeah I was like oh my god <laughs> I want to see that painting yeah it's good did it's she good. make you super sexual yeah huh? well because um, she also paints nude yeah so stuff. it was a great fit it was good <laughs> yeah. um it was uh you know I had been such a fan of hers for so many years and then I had just met her in Amanda's workshop in 2019 and then the visionary music started the next year so it was just like it's amazing when your art heroes become your friends like you um so um yeah we did the first round and it was during the pandemic so it was kind of like you know good because we could all keep meeting every month Mm -hmm. and we had like this group of girls to chat community yeah and then um so yeah we did our our show online i guess it was like a virtual gallery um how was painting spear have you ever met her in person i haven't met her in person but she's coming yeah she's she, coming down yeah, so i'm gonna coming. meet her i think tomorrow or she's Thursday. a tornado of energy yeah she's <laughs> she's cool she's got the bright colors i feel her on that yeah it's interesting how on her portrait it's not so colorful. i know weird right i don't know what happened but it's all right it's almost like you know she's so colorful on the outside that maybe you went like a layer behind and tapped into this like deep powerful uh moon mama yeah. that's in front of Sacsayhuaman where I actually got to hang out with her in March yeah and that was right when I finished the painting and when we like did our show it was right, like just at the same time and that was at the same time of many other things yeah happening. <laughs> it's been a wild year <laughs> yeah. yeah so um yeah it was it was good it was uh I kind of just like went different in a different direction just to explore like other things. Um, and it's not like my most typical type It's of different work. from your usual. Yeah, I, I love it. It's very, I love purple. Yeah. And my living room's purple because I find it so elegant. Okay. So I find it's, uh, yeah. it, it, it taps into this more elderly aspect of her, like less of the playful, like la 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 craziness and more of the like, I got the power. Yeah, yeah. Shit that I'm doing from the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that happened, and then we started our second round uh, this 
past couple months. Okay. And You're participating in this round two, or yeah, is it new people? I have the piece right there. I don't know if you pull it out, but oh, is that who's this? That's Simone. Simone. Oh, is that the the woman who's uh, painting you a bunch? Sarah. Yes. Sarah. Sarah what? Bacciarello. Okay. Where's she from? She's super good, huh? Yeah. She's living in New York. Um, okay. I think she also teaches painting. She's a direct painter, which is something I really aspire to do. Um, what does that mean, direct painter? So, like, I'm doing all of these whites. And I do, like, the layer of the whites, and I build a form, and then I put the layers of color over it, and then... I put darks and more lights and more color and it's like this layering thing that builds but she's like getting oil and she's directly rendering like the whole face at one time right and maybe she'll go in with glazes and like details after but um yeah she's really what's that amazing. what that called al pasto or yeah. impasto yeah. that's not impasto I, I suck <laughs> at the names of oils because i don't even oil paint much myself yeah you, you mostly do oils or i mostly do acrylic Mostly mm. acrylic, watercolor, and then oils. And I really want to keep doing the oils just so I can keep that, like, skill building. Um, but you do casein also. When I do, this is not casein. Okay. This is acrylic. Okay. White acrylic. So, so I, with just, like, a lot of water, water or medium? Water. No medium. Um, I don't like varnish either. I'm weird. And what is it? Like a bunch of little lines? Yeah. it's And I've gotten a groove with it to a point where like, it's kind of like picking a guitar. Like I'm just like, yeah. And okay. it, I, I pretty much, I water down the white. I dab the brush onto like a paper towel just so the excess water gets taken off. And then you just, you go in with the darker or the more white parts first and then yeah, and like in, in college, I was like in trouble a lot with one of my teachers because she says I, I was drawing with paint and mm -hmm. I wasn't painting. And What's wrong with that? It's like, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so sometimes people think it's like color pencils. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just because I do a lot of hatching. And that's because it goes back to when Carrie taught me... Um, we did egg tempera, which mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever messed with egg tempera, but you, all those little hatch marks you have to make. Yeah. And then, like, I started doing the casein and the acrylic mm -hmm. whites, and I was like, I could just do that here. And then I just built a rhythm with it. Mm. Maddie I'm, Clark Wayne, my favorite artist, or one of my favorite ones, did that a lot. I don't know if you ever see. Do you know Maddie Clark Wayne? I, I'm sure I do, but I don't. He, did, he did the cover for Abraxa Santana. He okay. did the cover for Bitches Brew, Miles Davis. I had to, and, you had to show him. And that. a bunch more. So he was one of Ro Robert Venosa's teachers. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, and yes. Maddie Clark Wayne learned from Ernst Fuchs. Yes, yes. I know so, what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he, I, love, I love Maddie Clark Wayne more than Ernst Fuchs. Like, Ernst Fuchs does it very good and he's very weird, but Maddie Clark Wayne. He was like, you know, late 60s the hippie. images are good. And it was so detailed. And the way he went is you can, like when I look at an album cover, because I haven't seen an original in person yet, it's all like you can see little lines and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's nice. I, I like what you do. This painting you're, you're working right now is super clean. So Thanks. good job yeah. getting further. I'm getting faster and getting more like clean with my lines and like, you know. Like, you, you can see my casein game is not as good as my my acrylic game. Oh, yeah. But um, you just got to keep practicing both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Super nice. Yeah. So we were talking about visionary muses before. And uh, do you also do um, visionary train? Yeah. So I was on the vision train a lot in the beginning of the pandemic. I remember you had a good 
uh, interview on there and I met a lot of people like Anya and like just so many people that I had not been friends with before um, and then I kind of slowed down on the vision train and uh, started moving and I just kind of also like you know well in Florida you were never really locked up right yeah no. I mean I was in an apartment which mm -hmm. like working out of a one-bedroom apartment is kind of feels like you're locked up. <laughs> mm -hmm. but we were yeah we were free to do stuff People were partying the whole time. Miami just doesn't stop. Um, and did that make the situation more dangerous? Like, say, like, you know, other places locked down hard, like Canada. And Florida was very free. Yeah. Does that mean that Florida got, like, I don't crazy? know. Some people... I, what did you people see? People said that it was worse or we were, like, the problem. And, like, Florida did spike at some point and it was, like, really bad. But, like, from my experience, like, I don't know. It's still been all right like that's what i asked like i came here after two years of not being here it's like so was florida like you know super terrible and they're like dude it's being chill like i barely know people who've gotten sick and i was like how much is just media telling yeah. me how things are and how much really is like my family definitely got sick um i never got it um everybody like my my mom and dad everybody got it um but Everybody was, you know, recovered and, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just glad we haven't had all those crazy mandates and things have been, I mean, things have still been going. So, right. That's know. good. Yeah. You keep on living your yeah. life in a happy way. Like, what else are we going to do? Yeah, luckily we have, we've been blessed over here. I mean, like, you know, everybody has their own opinion, but uh, it was, for me, I was happy to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. still am. Well, another reason for me to move here. <laughs> so you don't get too super political in your art, but some of your most popular paintings are political, right? Well, like the, you're the famous artist who did the painting of Trump doing ayahuasca. Yeah. Like whenever somebody's like, oh, you see this painting? It's like, oh, yeah, it's my friend Stella. <laughs> and that's a, that's a hilarious proposition. What yeah. if the leaders of the world, let's get past Trump, but everybody, yeah. Biden and everybody, yeah just you know do some inner work to find what's their truth and serve from the light yeah yeah um that was like you know I had been praying for a vision that would change my life i was like working at the restaurant well at the time i was actually working at a school but i was just very miserable with my daily work and i was just like praying like if i could just get a vision that would just change my life in ways unimaginable so every day with my little yoga routine i would like kept praying for that and then i had a, a dmt trip where i see trump and like this hippie shirt smoking dmt like and then it progresses to him leading people to do ayahuasca and as they're doing ayahuasca it's like the trump attitudes like more bigger doses <laughs> like there's like more purging more purging and as the purging is happening the earth is healing and like earth is like don't worry there's enough dmt on this planet to heal all of our toxic parts as if like mm -hmm. these people that may be toxic or these toxic people are extensions of the earth's toxicity and as if this is all one organism you know that was how i saw it in the time and then um might be prophetic, you know, like maybe not people smoking DMT, but maybe something will stimulate more natural releases of our spiritual molecules healing. and realize what yeah. reality is about so we can live according to, you know, harmony. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was like, uh, it was like, I did not even think about any of that shit. And I was really, uh, like, not into watching the news, not into any political views. Like, I was, like, staying away from all of that. So the fact that it happened, like, I come out of it, I'm, like, looking at Lewis, I'm cracking up. He's laughing and laughing. I'm, like, working at a terrible job. It was just, like, such a weird time. And then I just, like, six months later, I was like, I got to do this. I got to make this painting. So then that happened in... Uh, that changed everything. I doubled my following in six months and wow. sold the painting. Because everybody was just sharing it. Yeah, like and people. I was in in Amsterdam at uh, buying uh, mushrooms at like this little store, and the guy selling selling it to me is like talking to me, and I like I'm like show him the painting. I'm like yeah, I'm an artist. And I show him Trump doing ayahuasca. He's like I know this painting. I'm like cool. And then some guy in the store looks at me, and goes you're Stella. I'm like yeah. And he's like. I follow Chris Dyer. I found you through yeah. Chris Dyer. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. It was so weird. All at the same time, I was like, like someone pinched me. Like, wow, that's like a so dream. cool. Yeah. We're all connected. Yeah, it's so trippy to go to a place so far away from home and still be recognized or your art. I was like, really? Like, I was just like, it was like the, the remnants of that prayer that I have been praying for. Like, I was like, wow. I would have never thought this, you know. So I pray for things that just blow my mind because why not but mm. um yeah so that was like uh became like my first political piece which you know in the vision i didn't have kim jong-un and putin mm -hmm. but he was leading ignorant people that right. was like the so then i personified those two because i was like why not you know mm -hmm. let's put all the but it's more like a, it becomes like a global uh, message as opposed to like a specifically yeah, American. Like, thing, yes, you know? and it becomes like an idea. It could be used, you know, it, for systems, you know, you know, not just people and not just like. Politics in, in, in general. Yeah, and in consciousness and, you know, all, it could be persona, it, seen in many different ways. So this was just like one way that was. I just had a really good time laughing while I made it. Like, it's just something about it was so funny to me. So then I got to share it at Cosm and like everybody else got to laugh with me too. It was really hilarious. Um, but that one was really like not intentional. It was just, it happened. And once I was creating it, it was intentional, it was fun, but it was like random. It wasn't necessarily a political painting, but it was a spiritual painting about politics. Yeah. So that was that tie-in. Yeah. But the next pa painting you did was specifically was more political. political. And I learned a lot um, doing that. It, you know, it's a whole, a whole topic, and there. It's a subject matter of quite division. Yeah, and that one was like more of like me using my privilege as a, a white female, to give voice back to people who have lost their voice, and that was like the intention behind the whole thing. It's like I would like to use my my privilege in a way that could serve the story and help this this narrative that keeps getting taken from people or you know rearranged and all these things and like you know I understand there's a lot of people who might not agree with me and I learned a lot doing that but I from where it came from and you know it was like Your I wanted it were to empower the disempowered yeah and to be my idea was like, I want this to be in a museum because it was really inspired by the mass sharing of information during like the whole George Floyd uh, like protests. 
I felt like we could finally hear how people were really feeling um, through social media. And like, it was so much sharing that I was like, this is psychedelic as fuck. Like, like we right. can like really hear. It's like the whole world was going through something together. Yeah. It's like yeah. a tense week, but it's at least something we are all living yeah. together and trying to figure it out in our own internal crucibles. Yeah. And then like, so at the bottom of the painting, you have like all the phones sharing and like each phone has like a story of like all the different things that were going on. It was so much work, but it was just like, mm. I just wanted that moment to be remembered and written into history because I feel like history keeps getting rewritten or edited by the people in power. And, you know, I just wanted to put my little edit to the story <laughs> and do you still feel the same way towards that painting now um yeah i might regret have putting trump at the top because then that kind of polarized the piece and people just automatically assume that i am like a democrat and i believe this this and that and that's like this is my agenda and i was like no like this is totally not what's going on but um you know, he just happens to be the guy that doesn't give a shit about what's going on. And he's sitting at the top right now. And, you know, he, he also, in my eyes, was, you know, uh, embodying this, this uh, figure that has been throughout many different presidents, mm -hmm. pre presidencies. Yeah, the corrupt president. Yeah, just like, you archetype. know. Yeah, so I was just like, that's not the main focus, but that was so triggering for people. Like, once they saw that, they knew, like, I was part of some agenda. So then I was like, okay, I had to be careful uh, with what I do in the future. But mm -hmm. um, it was also cool that I just did and I didn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And I sold the painting, so that was good. That was a good and job. The, the, the woman I sold it to is going to be uh, donating it to a museum when she dies. No. So it's cool. Gotta that, do its job. That's what one client told me before he died. Right, and I see. <laughs> Once he died, I, I don't know. know. I've been trying to contact his wife and be like, "Uh, he said he was gonna donate to a museum. I want to make a museum, but she just doesn't do email. She's kind of mm. like older lady. So I hope it comes yeah, into reality see. for you. Let's see. <laughs> we'll find out. Totally. Yeah. Um, so do you have any goals for, you know, uh, well, this year is almost over and you're probably achieving all your goals by buying the house and getting married um, and moving forward with your career. But like, what's in the future for you? Um, definitely. 2022 20, going to be even better? We'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I just am really excited to just spend time uh, finally having a studio and like just getting completely lost in my work and making I like I said I want to make a few big dense pieces that's like my main focus mm -hmm. and um I envy you <laughs> I want to do that too yeah like that's my craving that's the craving I would like to also maybe like do some digital art like maybe like some sort of like art for to put on products like I'd like to experiment with that um and yeah, NFTs, trying to figure that out and my whole roadmap and strategy and I'm really interested in crypto, uh, like just kind of like starting to like wrap my head around it and I'm super excited about all that. The potential's infinite. Yeah, and maybe if you know, you move to Florida, we'll have some art parties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. Well, I'll, I'll, like, I'll keep on exploring as I find my way. And yeah. Yeah, who knows, we'll make a little, visionary crew down here. Yeah, yeah. We will empower the moksha.
thing. Moksha family. Yeah. Sweet. Well, we're coming to the end of our of our uh, interview. Is there any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our millions and millions of followers? <laughs> um. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, thank you to everyone who supported me and for listening and. Um, you know, do what you got to do. Follow your creative cravings, you know. Uh, don't let, like, anything just stop you. Or, like, if you, like, wake up in the middle of the night and you just, like, really want to do it, like, you want to really, like, just create the crea creative craving, even if it's really weird or, like, people might hate you for it. <laughs> got to do your thing honestly and purely. Yeah. Well, good job for doing that, Stella. Woo! And thank you, the viewers of this humble show. Thank you for watching, liking, subscribing, sharing, commenting, and, you know, just supporting this project in general so we can keep on sharing these beautiful uh, guests we have over. So have a good one. I'll see you next week or next episode. Woo! Blessings! Next episode, my guest will be Illuminati Congo. I'm, I'm noticing people want to contribute love. They want to make things healthier and contribute to a more healthy society, physically, mentally. So it, it does seem optimistic to me. I could focus on things that would make it not seem optimistic to me, but love always goes so much further than than any, anything resisting that. So please make sure to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Big thanks, and see you next episode. Peace.